Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high-paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back and thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Super excited to jam with you guys for a little bit today and it's going to be a solo episode. So let's get comfy, grab yourself a cup of tea and we're just going to jump into today's content. We are talking about the idea of if you should work in a clinic or if you should work for yourself. So it's really like clinic versus working for yourself. We're going to explore the topic of what does it look like to work in a clinic and what kind of questions should you be asking the clinic? Um, If you're going to work there, what should you have ready um, to actually go and work in a clinical setting? Or, you know, the idea of is everything already prepared for you and you just show up and do your work uh, versus having your own business where you're kind of running the show and there might be a little bit more, um, I guess, everyday marketing and effort, (laughs) for lack of a better word, put in to the business. Um, But then the return might be a little bit greater because it is your own business. So we're really going to talk about these two things today. And um, the reason that I think this episode is really important is that I get this question from you guys a lot. Um, you know, should I work in a clinic? What are the benefits? Um, what like what are the pros? What are the cons? Um, and I think that there's a lot of I guess, misinformation or a little bit of fear about working in a clinic because you don't really know what to ask the clinic owner or the other practitioners when you first get started. So I'm going to impart all my wisdom that I can um, for you guys. I personally never worked in a clinical setting, but I've worked with a lot of clients that do and that have. And also my mentor, when I first started out in nutrition, um, she helped me a lot with building my business. And she came from a more clinical background and really grew business in a clinical setting and imparted all of that knowledge um, on me. So I feel like I've got a good handle on this subject and I'm really excited to see if um, you guys resonate with one way or the other, or perhaps you're already working, let's say in a clinic and you're considering working on your own or vice versa. So when we start thinking about working in a clinic, we're going to start with the clinical and then we'll move on to working for yourself. There's kind of two ways that I see people working in a clinical setting. Number one is working as a practitioner in the clinic, meaning that you are basically an employee of the clinic. Um, Let's say it's a chiropractic clinic and they have all of their branding and they have all of their forms and their processes. It's basically like you're coming in as a nutritionist and working under the team, under their branding, using their forms, and you're another team member. So that's one way that I commonly see it. So let's just say I wanted to work at a clinic called um, Whole Health Nutrition, or sorry, Whole Health Um, wellness, and then there was a nutritionist and a chiropractor and a massage therapist, Um, it would basically be me coming in as an employee to work under them and then using all of their branding as my own. So that's one way that I see it happening often. 
The second way is working as a contractor in a clinic. So what this would mean is that you have your own business, you have all your own branding, you have all your own forms, you essentially have a business, and you're just going to come into the clinical setting and work as a contractor. Um, I see this happening a lot as well, because a lot of us set up our businesses, um, and we want to use our own uh, business name, we love all of our brand colors, we want to really brand our business or ourselves, and we want to move into a clinical setting, but we still want to have a separate identity from the clinic. So I see this a lot. And the way that this would usually work is that, let's say we used... um, I think I used whole health wellness as the example of the business name, but then maybe for me, my business was Stephanie Long Nutrition. So it might be Stephanie Long Nutrition working out of whole health wellness. So it again could be that you're coming in and you're an employee or you're more of a practitioner on the team, or you're coming in as more of a contractor role. There's different reasons or pros and cons why each one would be good or bad. Um, Let me just break them down for you. So if you are coming in more as an employee, the benefits are that the business has already been set up for you. So likely they're going to have lots of, you know, business cards ready where they're already branded and they're just going to put your name on them. They might have forms that you can use. And um, again, they're just going to put your names on them and use their own branding. They likely will have... um, some kind of receptionist or administrative support that will um, bring the clients in, you know, have them pay, have them scheduled in. Um, And really, it's like you're showing up to work. You're just using your skill set as a nutritionist in this setting. So those are the pros. The cons of just being an employee through a clinic is that you might not be able to really hone down into a specific specialty in the clinic meaning that um, likely you're going to have to keep your practice quite open. You might not have a niche. You might just have to help women, children, men, elderly, young people, you know, all different facets of people. So you have to be versed on many, many different topics or many, many different types of health conditions. Whereas if you were a contractor coming in and you already have a niche or a specialty, that clinic can really decide if you're a good fit for, for their clinic or their situation. And then you get to use, like I said earlier, your own forms, your own branding, and it really can be where you can build your practice there. But let's say you decided a year or two down the line, you didn't actually want to work there anymore. You don't have to rebuild your business from scratch. You're essentially, because of your contract, you're essentially leaving and bringing your business with you. So lots of pros and cons. Um, It's really going to depend on you. If you're just looking for one and done, like get in, get started, low overhead, low um, maintenance, you know, not having to put the work in to get all of the business fundamental set up. Maybe working as an employee or a practitioner in a clinic is the best option for you. Where again, if you want to be able to pull that business out at some point and already be set up and on your way, you might want to consider doing the contractor route. So some pros of working in a clinical setting versus working on your own are that likely, like I mentioned earlier, you're going to have some admin support. So more than likely, if it's a clinic, they're going to have a receptionist and the receptionist will more often than not be scheduling your clients in and taking payment. And now scheduling and payment might not seem like a lot, but the time it will save you for Um, having somebody else do this for you is going to be well worth your while. Um, Unless you 
as I'll talk in a little bit, you know, have systems in place where you have, are having people book in and pay really seamlessly, this could take up a lot of your time. So having a receptionist to do this and handle the back end of the business is really um, one of the main reasons why you might want to work in a clinical setting. Um, the other reason that I would say is a good one is that you potentially will get referrals. So referrals meaning that you work with one client and they refer a friend, um, you know, just word of mouth referral or referrals from other practitioners. And I think this is the number one reason why um, a lot of nutritionists see working in a clinic as a really interesting opportunity. They think that, you know, if I work with a chiropractor and then maybe a naturopath, massage therapist, um, nutrition's going to come up and of course they're going to refer over to me. So number one, yes, I think this is a great in theory idea, you know, have other practitioners refer over to you. But I'm going to give you a caveat here. And more times than not, I hear of people getting in the clinical setting, you know, getting everything ready that they need to see their first client. And then they hear crickets, you know, no one's coming in, no one's being referred to them. And they were under this um, impression that they were going to have clients rolling in. And for some reason, no one's coming their way. And the reason I think this is, is that even if you work in a clinical setting, this doesn't mean you take a passive role. So sure, you might get some word of mouth referrals or some, you know, um, practitioner referrals coming your way. But in order to make a thriving practice, one where clients are really coming in, they're really, um, you know, booking in with you and you have a pretty full schedule, you need to be actively trying to get referrals. So this could look like in the clinical setting, instead of just asking one of the massage therapists or one of the naturopaths to send people your way, maybe number one, you give them a free session. You show them what it looks like to work with you. You work on them with them one-on-one. -on -one. You give them a taste of your services. And then they understand a little bit more about what you do. Because even though we know what a nutritionist or a holistic nutritionist does, some other people might not actually know. So um, the first thing would be to actually give them a taste of what it is you do um, so that they actually understand. The second thing you might want to consider doing is um, making a footprint in the clinic. And by this, I mean putting some uh, brochures out in the front. So again, if it's your own business, you're just a contractor, it's brochures with your branding and your face and your colors and um, really showing people that sure, you're a contractor in this space, but you really do want, you really do care and you really do want them to book in and you want to support these people. So this could look like brochures, it could look like business cards. Um, my mentor who I mentioned earlier, who um, grew a really big client base in her practice, um, she said that she would actually do little smoothie samples or little like energy bite samples and bring them to the front desk and put out smoothies or energy bites and not just leave them there. She would actually, every time the doorbell would ring or some new client would come in, she would be out there um, just giving a little introduction saying, you know, welcome to the space. And did you know that there's nutrition consulting here? Hey, this is who I am. And giving a little bit of information about her and her services. So that's what I really mean by you don't have have to be passive. You can really be active in the clinical setting. It's going to be up to you how much, um, in a sense, noise you're making and how much potential you're creating for yourself. Because like I mentioned before, um, playing that passive role where you're just waiting for the clients to be sent your way doesn't usually happen 
unless, you know, in lots of opportunities or potential situations, it could be that the clinic is really busy, they were ready for a nutritionist, and they already have a million, million referrals. But more often than not, not to burst your bubble, but I don't hear that happening. So please, um, really remember to put the effort in, show up, still do the work, even though it is a more established business. Don't forget that you need to introduce people to who you are and how you can help them. So another thing I want to highlight here is that you're going to want to be clear with the clinic how many days per week you get to use the space. So this might be, you know, you just get to pop in on Mondays and use somebody's office for a few hours, or does this look like a Monday to Friday, nine to five position where you have full reign of the space? Be really clear with the people in the clinic to see how much you can utilize it. Because again, if you're working in a clinical setting one day a week, you might want to consider building a practice on the side where you're seeing clients out of the clinic. So there's two ways that I've heard that people in a clinic either pay for the space or split the cost of the consultation with the clinic owners. So the most common thing I hear is a split. Usually this is a 60-40 split, meaning that you take, let's say your consultation's $100, you're charging the client $100, you take 60%, so $60, and the clinic would take 40%, so $40. So a 60-40 split, I've heard in some some cases 70-30, which means $70 in your pocket, 30 in theirs. Um, that's a better one if you could get someone to do a 70-30 split. Um, that's really great. But I would say 60 to 40 is fair game. So if you are getting quoted like 50-50 or they're taking 40, or sorry, they're taking 60 and you're taking 40, I would really question that and um, really ask if you can move it to a model that's at least you're retaining 60% and they're getting 40. The other way that you could work out of a clinic is by paying them a monthly rent. So I just want to, again, caveat this here that a monthly rent might sound like a good idea. Well, you know, I pay $600 and I get the office, you know, Monday to Friday and I can be in there as much or as little as I want. It's technically your space to use. When you're first starting out, I'll just say this might not be the best option because it might be more advantageous for you to do the 60-40 split because maybe you only get three clients in your first month. And if you're charging $100 and they're getting 40%, that's they would get about $120 for your three clients in that first month. Where if you were paying a, a set rent at you know, anywhere between four to $800, I've heard, you might be paying a lot more out of pocket than you're actually making. So my, um, the way I always approach it with the people that I'm coaching, if they're going into a clinical setting, really understand the potential of like how many clients might actually be coming in, the reality of how many might be coming in. Start with a split model. I really do believe that this is probably the best way to begin. And then move into um, a rent per month model. If let's say you have 10 or 15 clients coming in per month, it might be smarter and um, more affordable for you to pay a monthly rent than be paying a percentage, you know, and paying more out of pocket. So I hope that makes sense. But that's really the two ways that I see it happening. Um, And again, if you could get a 60-40 split or anything better than that, you're doing really well. The other thing I want to mention about working in a clinical setting, like I said, it's not necessarily a passive role. You need to be very active. So you need to ask the clinic when it comes to things like marketing and advertising, is that up to them or is that up to you? 
Now, number one, I would argue that it's going to be up to you no matter what. You're still going, going to want to advertise, but you want to be really clear with the clinic if they're going to do any advertising for you. Are they going to put your business cards out? Are they going to put flyers out? Are they going to put your name and your bio on their website or maybe send a welcome um, email to all of their newsletter subscribers to say that they have a new practitioner on board? Really ask them these questions because if you are paying a split or if you're paying rent, you want to make sure you're getting your money's worth, including having a receptionist, getting um, office time, and having some kind of marketing or advertising, if not done for you, at least you know collaboratively you're doing some and they're doing some. You want to make sure that, again, you're getting your money's worth and that they're actually um, promoting your services. The worst thing would be that you're on board, you're all excited, and then no one makes a peep about that you're a new practitioner there. So another trick that you could actually do is um, maybe you have a little info sheet or a little postcard with, you know, a bonus offer for a coaching session, or maybe it's like 10% off. Or maybe if you were going to do the small smoothie samples and energy bites, maybe you actually um, ask the other practitioners like the massage therapist or the chiropractor to put some samples or to put some postcards in their office. Because when people are getting changed or they finish their session, or even if the chiropractor mentions you in a consultation, they can just hand their card, your card, right to the client. And then it won't be something that's lost in translation or they meant to follow up about that and it never happened. So make it really, really easy for people to refer you and then actually make the next step to give the client your card or to help them book a session in with you. Um, I talked about referrals, so again, word of mouth or referrals from another practitioner, but this is going to be, if you can really utilize like getting out there, being more active, this could be your bread and butter. So don't feel like you just have to come in and um, and gain all the clients yourself. You can really create relationships with the other practitioners and with your clients to bring more people in. Referrals can help you run a really strong practice um, and it's going to help you not have to constantly, constantly, constantly market to cold traffic. You know, it's people are already warmed up. If they're already going to the clinic um, to see the chiropractor, they already trust the clinic. So they're already going to feel a little bit more trust towards you if you work there. Or if it's a client that wants to refer a friend, um, friends are going to feel a lot more warm towards you because their friend came to see you. So people love getting referrals. You just have to make it easier for them to do so. Um, also, I really wanted to point out that it's going to be super important that you have a contract, a very clear contract um, between you and the clinic. So what I mean by this is, writing down on paper, you know, what kind of support you get? Do you get a receptionist and what are they helping you with? Um, how are clients being referred to you? Are they guaranteeing any type of referral numbers, like five clients per month? Like if they have say, say that in a um, interview and if they say, yep, I can send you five months, make sure that's down in writing. Also, you want to make sure, and this is a really important part, if you are going to be an independent contractor working at that clinic, if you were to leave, 
Um, are you allowed to bring those clients to your new place of work? You know, whether you're going to work at a new clinic or work out of your home, can you take those clients and do they remain your clients? You really want to work this out with the clinic and have it down in writing that, you know, let's say Stephanie Long Nutrition no longer wanted to work at the clinic. Does that mean I can bring all 20 of my clients with me when I leave? This is going to be really important. It might not seem important now once you're just starting out. Maybe you have no clients yet, but in the long run, if you really build your practice there, you want to make sure you can bring that with you if you leave. You're also going to make sure or want to make sure that um, the the clinic itself has policies around cancellations, like what happens if your client cancels um, less than 24 hours before the appointment. Um, Make sure that their policies align with your policies. And if they don't, ask if you can actually use your own client contract with your clients. And the last thing I wanted to say about working in a clinical setting is that the best piece of advice I can give you is that if you are going to work in a clinic that's already had a nutritionist working there previously, maybe they had someone and that person left and now you're coming in, I would contact that past person, the past nutritionist that worked there, and ask them what worked in the clinical setting for them and what didn't work. And this is going to give you so much information because they might say, you know, my practice was really booming. um, It was great. You know, I got a lot of referrals. And they might tell you, you know, how it worked. And you're going to be able to, like, really model the same way that they worked in that clinic. You know, if they tell you what's worked, it's going to make sense for you to try to do your practice in the same way. Where they might even tell you what didn't work is that they got no referrals from any of the other practitioners. So you're going to know that you really need to be on the other practitioners, forming relationships, um, giving them free sessions, and reminding them to refer you. So you might learn a lot, or in fact, you will learn a lot from a past practitioner that's worked there. And I highly encourage you to reach out to them. If that clinic has never had a past nutritionist or a past past health coach or whatever it is working there, I would highly encourage you to reach out maybe via a Facebook group or through your school or whatever it might be to see if anybody works in a clinical setting and ask them what's working for them and what's not. Because even if they're not working at your particular clinic, they're going to give you so much insight on into what you can actually expect and what you where you might really want to spend a lot of time and energy. So that's it about working in a clinic. Um, I think it's a great opportunity, but it's going to depend based on you, your personality, your and your needs and wants as a business owner. So my biggest takeaway is remember this is an active process. You don't want to be passive and just wait for the clients to flow to you. You really want to be active and make sure people are coming your way. And um, it could be a really fun team environment. That's another thing I didn't even mention, but um, being able to work with other people in your profession or in similar professions um, feels really team oriented, which brings me to running your own practice might look a little bit differently. Um, Of course, you could run a partnership or, um, you know, maybe you work with a group of other nutritionists, but likely if you're running your own practice, you're probably doing so independently. And obviously there's lots of pros and cons, but um, one thing might be that there's no team environment. So if you're the type of person that needs other people working around you, um, a clinic might be great for you. So when it comes to your own practice, um, essentially you are going to be responsible for all aspects of your business. 
Um, so you're going to be responsible for setting up all your marketing, your social media. You're going to be responsible for your um, payment system and your scheduling system, writing your newsletter, um, being active online. Like there's so many elements that come to running a business, which we discuss on this podcast. And one thing about working in your own practice is that you are the one person doing it all. So you don't have the receptionist or you don't have the team behind you. Likely, it's just going to be you for the beginning until you maybe hire your own team members, but you are going to be the one running the show. So I would say the biggest pro to running the running the show yourself is that you will have 100% of the profit. You get to retain all the profit. You're not Unless you're working in an office situation where you've just rented an office, um, likely you're going to have low rent overhead or no rent overhead, and likely you're not paying a percentage to anybody. So you're going to retain 100% of the profit. That being said, you're going to be paying likely more of that out for things like a scheduling system and a payment system. Maybe you are going to hire a virtual assistant or something like that. So you might have more overhead in terms of some of your online programs and things you're utilizing to run your business, but you're not going to be paying, you know, I wouldn't say uh, 40% of your profits to, you know, some of these programs like you would in a clinic. So again, so many pros and cons. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you all the facts, but it will really depend on you. So um, like I mentioned, you're responsible for everything. So I'm going to stress that you're going to want more automated systems in your business. You're going to want to use an online scheduling service like Acuity Scheduling or Calendly to book your clients in. You're going to want to accept payment through things like PayPal or Stripe or Square. Um, you're going to maybe want to use a client management platform like Practice Better. There's so many potentials. So because of this, it can get a little bit more confusing and you really have to be on top of keeping your business um, platforms and systems really organized. You're going to have to take um, control of your own finances and keep track of your expenses. Um, so you have to have a very I guess, in a sense, clean business model where things are rocking and rolling. It's like a well-oiled machine. Um, so if that sounds like something you're ready to take on, uh, having your own business might be a really good option for you. The other benefit is that you get to brand yourself or brand your business. So again, it's not a clinic. You're not just falling under the umbrella of a clinic. You clearly have your own your own business name or you're, you're, maybe you're using your own personal name, you're using photos of yourself, it very much um, gives the opportunity for the client to get to know you versus maybe a clinic. Um, you have your personality is really going to come out and shine and someone's going to book with you if they really like you. This also means that you're going to be heavily marketing yourself. So like I mentioned earlier, your website's going to have to be really clear. You're going to have to, you know, if I can give you any piece of advice with your website, be really clear on who you help and what kind of problem you solve. So this might look like right on your homepage saying, I help women with autoimmune issues regain control of their life so that they can play with their kids again. Totally made that up on the spot. So <laughs> I'm sure you have a better why, but that is exactly what people want to know right away. They come to your site. How can you help them? So don't miss out on putting this on your site, especially if you're working for yourself. People want to know right away how you can help them specifically. And if they can't hear that in like 10 seconds or see that in 10 seconds, they're off the website and on to the next one. So we need to have a really solid website. Um, we need to list our offerings. 
We have to have a way for people to book in. Um, I would argue that having social media is these days one of the most important things that you can invest your time in. Um, Unfortunately, these days, not having, I'd say, website number one, not having a website, and nowadays even not having Facebook or Instagram, depending on who your demographic is, um, that kind of signals to people that your business is not necessarily quote unquote legitimate. So people wonder, well, why don't they have a website or why don't they have a Facebook page? And these type of platforms are really helpful for people to get to know you and your business. So likely you're going to be spending more time on social media and you might be writing a newsletter um, every week, every month, whatever schedule that looks like for you. You're going to be spending way more time on trying to connect with people and trying to warm them up to want to work with you. So I would argue that And this might be controversial, (laughs) but when you're in a clinical setting, you might have a specialty, you might have a niche. Let's say that you're working in a sports clinic and you're a sports nutritionist. You know, you have a very clear niche and people know that you're going to help them specifically. But usually, and this isn't in all cases, but usually clinics are pretty multidisciplinary. They help lots of different people. Um, It's more of like a general practice. So you might have to work generally with people in more of a broad sense. You might have to work with women, men, children, old people, young people, so on and so forth. So you might not have to pick a specialty. You have to really be able to ebb and flow with whoever is coming in. Where when you have your own practice, I'm going to argue that it's very important to pick a niche or a specialty to focus on so that when somebody, again, lands on your website, you can really articulate who you are, how you can help that person, and why you're the practitioner to help them. Um, If your website is more general and open and just saying, hey, I want to help with health and wellness, you might have somebody try to find another practitioner that's going to help them with their more, more specific needs. So your marketing has to be clear, it has to be concise, and it has to be to the point. Um, Keep it really, well, clear and concise, but like really nailed down. You don't need a lot of fluff on your website or in your marketing. You just have to be straight with people and really um, illuminate how you can help them. So because you're the one doing all the work, you're the one that's heavily marketing, you're the one that's putting all the processes in place, um, essentially you're the one that's bringing in the clients. It's you. So Again, this might be that you have to do in-person events, networking events, online events, um, having a Facebook group, you know, um, or having a Facebook page somewhere you can build community. Community is going to be really, really important. Um, But it can be really exhausting to go from not knowing, you know, this client and essentially they're a cold lead, meaning that they have maybe no interaction or they really don't know much about you. It might take a while to go from a cold lead to a hot lead where they're ready to work with you. So one way to utilize um, more warm leads, people that maybe have heard about you, know about you, are interested in working with you, but need a bit of a shift or a push to work with you, you might want to tap into the referral system. So just like we talked about with a clinic, in if you're working for yourself, you might want to, or I urge you to um, create some really strong relationships with like one naturopath or two naturopaths, one or two chiropractors. Therapists are probably a really good person to connect with because We have to know our scope of practice and how deep we can go with people. And a lot of the time, you know, we might have to refer out. 
You might want to have a massage therapist on hand that you can refer out to. You're going to want to have a really strong referral system so that when a client can be referred out for another issue, you have someone to send them to. And I would even urge you to make contact with this person you're going to send referrals to. So if it was a naturopath, contact them, go for coffee with them, go for tea with them, um, sit down and say, I'd love to refer people your way and see if you might be able to get them to refer people your way as well. So build your own strong referral network. This can be people from different clinics, and it really gives you the opportunity to find those practitioners that you think are experts at what they do and partner with them. So it might be a straight partnership where they're referring to you, you're referring to them, or maybe every time they refer to you, you pay a small percentage to them. Maybe every time um, you, uh, you refer to them, they pay a small percentage to you. You could do a monetary thing, but it's totally up to you um, and what works best for you and your business. And then the other thing that just like working in a clinic, you're going to want to remind your actual clients, like your current clients, that if they refer a friend or they refer a family member or someone they know, there might be incentive um, in it for them to actually refer people to you. So they're going to be your best word of mouth. You know, maybe you helped a client lose 20 pounds. All of their friends and family is going to say, wow, how did you lose the 20 pounds? And likely they're going to say, with my nutritionist. And then that's a great way for word of mouth to start going and you to start building referrals. So I would suggest that if you're going to do a referral system, maybe offer something to your client. Say, for everybody you refer, I'm going to give you a free, I don't know, 30-minute session Or for everyone you refer, I'm going to give you a free bottle of probiotics. Or I'm going to give you, I don't know, 30% off my services for X amount of time. Really um, celebrate them if they do refer because this means a lot. It shows that they trust you and they want to send business your way. So you really do want to encourage people and show that you're very, very thankful that they are sending people your way. But this is going to help you in the long run so that you're not constantly trying to promote yourself to cold traffic and cold leads. You're going to really have warm people in your vicinity that you can pull in and actually make them become clients. So all in all, with running your own practice, um, I want you to be really careful with your time. I want you to schedule your time wisely. I want you to use more automated systems like a, a scheduling system and a payment system. If you're at the place, you can hire a virtual assistant or an in-person assistant to help you do that. Think of these things as investments in your business. Sure, you're spending money now, but it's going to help you in the long run. And it's going to give you back some time that you can really spend doing what you love, which is coaching people on their nutrition. So I like to tell my personal clients to spend less time on the quote unquote busy activities and more time on the income generating activities. So try not to spend so much time tweaking all your handouts or your website or writing up client health plans for the one day client that might come in and really flip your attention to getting online, sharing content, writing your newsletter, going to networking events, following up with past clients to see if they have anyone in mind you might be able to work with, following up with people who said they wanted to work with you but never booked in. These are the income generating tasks. So literally think to yourself, is the thing I'm doing right now going to make me money in the long run or is it not? Is it just busy work? And this um, discernment is going to be really important if you're running your own practice or honestly, if you're running um, a business out of a clinic or if you're working for a clinic, we want to maximize our time as much as possible. But especially when you're running your own business, you really need to see that 
your time needs to be spent wisely and it's really advantageous for you to put you know, the programs or the platforms in place to make it run smoothly. So I hope that this was a really engaging conversation for you. I hope you learned a lot about either working in a clinic or working for yourself. Um, These are huge topics. I probably could have went into a million different things on each one, but I wanted to keep this short and sweet for you guys. So if you have any questions about this, um, you know, head on over to my Instagram, stephanielong.ca. Send me a DM. Happy to chat with you in there. I would also love it if you would share this episode with a friend or a fellow practitioner. Tag me on social media at stephanielong.ca. Um, yeah, share it with your classmates, whatever it is. I really want this to get into more people's hands and I can't do what I do without you guys. So I would love for you to share, write a review, um, give me five stars on iTunes, whatever it might be. Any little piece that you can do would be so helpful for me. And I truly, truly appreciate it. So I will let you guys go now, but I hope this was helpful and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.